quiet, even though we're yep. talking about other See? stuff. <laughs> about what we're going to talk about tonight. It's true. Even when there's two <laughs> of us, though, we still, for some reason, decide to clam up. This is true. So, stage fright. It's always a good thing when you have a, a podcast where the whole thing is keeping ongoing conversation going and not having dead air. Yeah, uh, that's why we edit also. There's that thing. But well, you may as well not go down that road and just introduce what the show is. So welcome back, everybody. This is Dance Robot Dance. It's episode 164. I'm Mark. I'll be hosting this little ride down memory lane. And I'm here with Tim. So say hello. hey So that's about that's about all I got. Like, that's about as much enthusiasm as I can wrangle. <laughs> so uh, how's it going, buddy? Yeah, not bad. It's been a long week. I've got more, fuck, like another like three weeks of work travel coming up. And Oof. yeah, so that I was in sucks. North Carolina last week. And then I'm going to, where am I going next week? Nashville next week. And then fucking Pensacola, Florida the week after that. And then since, or not Cincinnati, Cleveland the week after that. Craziness. All over the goddamn place. All that traveling. I couldn't hack it. I couldn't do that anymore. <laughs> I'm too old. I just couldn't do it. Mm. Not happy about it. Anyway, let's uh, let's rip in the news here. We'll get there's there's a little bit of news. There was a some stuff bit. that happened. Not a whole just lot. A little bit. Um, first things, just because Paul likes to bring it up constantly, his Dark Materials has its HBO premiere date set, and it's actually relatively soon. Um, they're saying it'll be a debut on BBC on November third, and air on HBO a day later on November fourth. So if you are like Paul and excited about this his Dark Materials show new series, yeah. then uh, there you go. It's coming pretty imminently. So I guess they should be excited for that. Yeah, I'm, the trailers just don't real get get me real excited for that one. And it's yeah. also like kind of like it's like urban fantasy, and that's not really my thing. And I don't see, know. usually that is kind of my thing, but like it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. Either way, the next thing. So a Marvel star has signed on to do two Mission Impossible movies. Uh, Haley Atwell will be oh, in yeah. Mission Impossible Seven and Eight. That might actually get me to watch those fucking movies. Uh, I started watching them when Simon Pegg showed up, and I have enjoyed. I like the Mission Impossible movies. I, I know everybody's got a problem with Tom Cruise, but the movies are batshit insane, and he does, he's trying to kill himself. I'm pretty convinced, <laughs> and I would like to watch the movie where he succeeds. Uh, is kind of what I'm hoping for at some point, because like the last one, they had him like hanging off the side of a plane or some shit. No, that was two movies ago. Now, what was the crazy stunt in the last one? Said, uh, Aside from getting into a fist fight, a fist fight with uh, Henry Cavill, I think was probably yeah. the, the actual crazy thing. There, there was some crazy movie. helicopter shit in the last one. I'm just going off based off the trailer because that fucking yeah. trailer was attached to everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, those Mission Impossible movies are basically like they're like the new James Bond movies, right? Like they're just kind of like the action franchise that everybody goes and sees now, I guess. But, mm, uh, I don't think that's. I, I think that that's uh, not a fair comparison. Yeah, <laughs> I'd uh, much overseeing. rather go see a fucking Bond movie than I would a Mission Impossible movie. Well, if they would put a Bond movie out sooner than every ten fucking years, I would gladly go see a Bond over a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, fair. But with the dearth of James Bond movies, like I'll go see a Mission Impossible movie that they keep putting out every fucking two years. <laughs> Yeah, and especially if they're going to add Haley Atwell, who I do enjoy watching on screen. So Fair enough. Me too. There is that. So there's all kinds of stuff coming out about Disney Plus and like shows and stuff that are happening. First things first, the Disney Plus launch lineup could include animated Marvel classics like the 90s X-Men and Spider-Man that Tim and I grew up on, yep. which is kind of exciting. That'd be awesome. That'd be a lot of fun to be able to just go back and binge through those because there's some great stuff in there. Still, as we've yeah. said in the past, best fucking adaptation of the Dark Phoenix saga is on that X-Men TV show. That's true, actually, yeah, because it went on for like 
an entire season of the show as it fucking it should <laughs> yeah exactly like they did yeah. it properly i completely yeah i totally agree that's the only time they've ever adapted it properly although you know lord feige has his hands on it now so we don't know what could happen next yeah i think the well's been poisoned on that one yeah it's gonna be for a, a while before they're allowed to touch that one again but yeah. i'll uh I'll, I'll accept the fact that i get like the a good 90s cartoon x-men version of it to watch now on yeah. the streaming be nice too if like if they clean it up and do like a nice new transfer of it and everything and the only animated series I feel like gets that treatment is Batman. That's true. Our old Batman animated series, like the one that everybody just yeah, kind of the, refers to the as Paul, the Batman. The yeah. Diniverse. Yeah, the Dini Timbers stuff. Um, specifically, like the Batman animated show is like revered and constantly getting updated. Like they just got Blu-ray like cleanup yeah. done last year. So or at the end of last year, which I I did buy and it was worth it. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it's that Batman show. I'm going to fucking buy it every time they put it out in a higher definition. So yeah. regardless of whether there's diminishing returns on that higher definition yeah. for that format or not. But even that Spider-Man show was really solid too. Like uh, it had some great, some great bits in it as well. I always remember the, the Madam web stuff and like the sort of yeah. Spider-Verse kind of stuff was pretty interesting. And like, that was probably my first sort of introduction into the idea of like alternate universe comic book kind of stories and like alternate versions of characters and stuff like that was through that spider-man series yeah that that was the show that like solidified me as a spidey guy for life basically because i'd already been kind of handed the comics by my dad but like having a contemporary cartoon for me to kind of get into at that age was pretty key in me really loving the webhead for the rest of my life so that show yeah like who was it who did the um the opening theme i think it was the dude from aerosmith played the guitar on the opening theme yeah i could see that I feel like it was, yeah. Because I think it was, Batman Beyond was The Edge, mm. if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't know. There's always like some guitar player that ends up doing the uh, like the score thing for the opening credits yeah. of these shows. But yeah, I remember that wailing guitar solo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was uh, Steve Perry, or not Steve Perry. Yeah, Steve Perry. Uh, Joe... Oh, yeah, yeah, fuck. The guitar player. It's not Joe. It's Steve Perry's the lead singer, and then Joe something. Don't fucking care. Whatever. <laughs> the guitar player yeah. from Aerosmith is the guy who played that guitar solo. Either way, more Disney Plus stuff. They apparently have... I'm not sure if this is confirmed because the io9 thing still says May, but I, I thought I saw it was confirmed. But it sounds like uh, Haley Steinfeld will be playing Hawkeye mm-hmm. or, or like the other Hawkeye. So young girl Hawkeye. I, th- I think what I've later. seen is that... Yeah, yeah. Bishop, Kate Bishop. Um, yeah. Yeah, Variety's reporting it and they're usually pretty reputable, but it sounds like they've offered her the role but i don't know if she's taken it but uh or it sounds like I, I mean it looks like maybe she's like she's gonna be involved in that series in some way but nobody knows for sure that it's gonna be kate bishop or we'll see i don't see what uh, what other role they would offer her on a fucking there's if they're doing the fraction role there's a huge madam hydra okay role in there like a villain role that they could put her in, I think would be fun. Like, I don't know if she would do it because she's Disney girl, like yeah. plus plus kind of now. Like she's basically, especially since she's got the Oscar win. What'd she win the Oscar for? Uh, I don't know. It just says, oh, sorry. Mm. No, Oscar nominee, mm. not win. So, I don't know. I didn't even mm. know what she was nominated for. True Grit, maybe? She was the one in Bumblebee, right? She was yeah. the, yeah. Okay. Uh, she's the voice of Gwen Stacy in Spider-Verse oh, okay. as well. And gotcha. she's in Pitch Perfect, the Pitch Perfect series as well. The, uh, the protagonist of Bumblebee. Hmm. So yeah, so it sounds like, I mean, she'd be a great Kate Bishop, because it's basically just her sitting there snarking at Jeremy Renner, or whoever's playing Hawkeye. I'm assuming Jeremy Renner's coming back, because these shows are all, like, the real people. And so. Jeremy Renner's not doing a whole fuckload else at the moment, it seems. Nope. nope. I mean, he wasn't even in the second The Last Avengers movie, yeah. right? Like, he wasn't even in 
Infinity War. I mean, he's all in a lot of Endgame, but he's not wasn't in Infinity War at all. Yeah. So who knows what else is going on? Um, the only other thing about that is that they seem to have a head writer now, and it is a pretty big name. So Jonathan Eagle, uh, who's written for Masters of Sex and uh, Story for Your Loss, but was also like better known as a writer uh, and executive story editor on Mad Men. Mm-hmm. So he's taking over the lead writing on the Hawkeye show. And if this guy, like this guy wrote some of the best Mad Men episodes, so he knows how to do character-driven drama. Yeah. I'm going to at least say kind of okay, because Mad Men, you know, not known for its character drama at all. <laughs> no, not at all. No. I still have not, not watched the last fucking season of uh, Mad Men. I got to go back and do that at some point. Oh yeah. really? I uh, I fucking love Mad Men. I should, I've never rewatched it, but I was like completely caught up uh, when it finaled, and I I was there for that. So yeah. I liked. I that was like, one of those shows where like the finale didn't disappoint me. Like there was back to back big name premiere like dramas that didn't disappoint me back to back, and it was Breaking Bad and Mad Men both finale yeah. kind of thing. And I was like, oh man, they both actually like stuck the landing on both those finales. Yeah. And that so. Breaking Bad movie is coming out in like a just a little over a month now. I mean, it's October, yeah, October yeah. 21st, I think, is, uh, uh, yeah. what's it called? I can't remember. Uh, El Camino, El Camino yeah. or El Torino or something, whatever, yeah. Yeah, no, that's exciting, too, because, uh, I mean, more Breaking Bad universe. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just want my Saul to come back at this yeah, point, that's but right. soon enough. Soon enough. All right, so that's Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Disney+. Plus. Uh, was there anything else we should talk about? Oh, yes. Two more things. So... James Gunn announced the cast for Suicide Squad. Oh boy. And fuck, we're going to be here for a minute. So just like, <laughs> strap in. I'm also not going to be able to pronounce half these fucking names. So like, we don't need to go through every single one because not all of them are names. Yeah, I don't know if you know, some of them I don't know, but like John Cena, Jay Courtney, uh, Nathan Fillion, Mei Ling. Joel. I'm not sure which Mei Ling. Like, Joel Kinnaman. Uh, yeah. That is. Yeah, Joel Kinnaman, uh, Pete Davidson, which threw me right yeah. the fuck off. Taika Waititi, obviously. Peter Capaldi, uh, Jennifer Holland, Margot Robbie, Idris fucking Alba. Like, where the fuck did they get Idris <laughs> Alba? I, I don't understand the casting on this yeah. movie at all. Um, and Viola Davis also returns as, as Amanda um, Waller. Amanda yeah. Waller. So, and I mean, and Margot Robbie's in there as Harley Quinn, obviously, because they're not going to throw away Margot Robbie. And James Robbie. Gunn threw um, his brother in there. Oh, did he really? I didn't and, oh, yeah, Sean and fucking Michael Rooker, he skipped uh, Mary Poppins. Did I? Oh, yeah, he's in yeah. the bottom right corner. Look at that. How the fuck did that happen? I don't. This cast is fucking insane. Bonkers. I mean, I'm guessing like how I'm guessing half of these don't make it halfway through the movie. I don't even bet you half these people won't even be in the movie after the first <laughs> ten minutes. I bet you we're gonna watch a bunch of them get shot in the face in the first. I 10 bet Tycho would do that. He would go to in the. He would like join this movie just to be killed off in like the first five minutes or something. I guarantee you Nathan Fillion, Taika Waititi, and possibly John Cena, although I've heard John Cena has an actual role in this, mm-hmm. so I don't know. But I guarantee you those three guys would at least be like, yeah, just shoot me in the face and yeah. I'll fuck off and take half a million dollars probably yeah. or whatever um, they're spending on it. And let, I mean, if Idris Alba is sitting in that main line along with Margot Robbie and Viola Davis, I'm assuming he's kind of a lead. And then, I don't know. Peter Capaldi, like, who the fuck are all these people playing? <laughs> like, I still think my idea for Nathan Fillion is Kite Man is genius, and that's <laughs> that should be who he plays because he'd be the perfect. I don't Kite know. Man, I, really. I think it would be fun to have this be a backdoor pilot for Nathan Fillion as Hal Jordan. Oh, yeah. like an older Hal Jordan? Yeah. I take it. I that take be... it. Oh, he's just been off planet the whole time and yeah. just shows back up. Well, they... the only problem is like the power scale of a Green Lantern versus like a Suicide Squad team. It's like, yeah, yeah but great. if there's like, got, like 50 of them, buddy flag. That's <laughs> yeah, true. You still got a fucking that's Green Lantern true. ring. You know what I mean? Like, that's a hefty weapon 
like when you're up against boomerang. All, all he needs boomerang is a yellow you know, like, boomerang. I guess, I guess, but somebody's got to think about that. <laughs> so, but I mean, Nate, Hal Jordan is never known for like taking on the role of Green Lantern, like at a particular young age, right? Like he's already a pretty established test pilot when he becomes Green Lantern. So I, I would have no problem with like Nathan Fillion playing like Green Lantern in his forties or something like that. Yeah, I always thought Nathan Fillion would be a great Hal Jordan. Uh, he was a great Hal Jordan yeah. animated when they've used him like those three or four times. Like I think he pr- fairly regularly does the role yeah, in the, the voice current. acting. Probably the only thing I really like about the current DC animated slate is that uh, every time they have a Green Lantern scene, Nathan it's Fillion. fucking yeah. Nathan Fillion as Hal. It's like, that's great. That's perfect. The rest of this movie, I don't know why <laughs> we're doing it, but Nathan's there being yeah. awesome. So. Um, the only other thing, like, and then yeah, but then I wanted Idris Elba to be John Stewart. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> unless we're gonna have two fucking lanterns in there, which of course this turns into a big fucking. Show I thought of a movie that uh, I thought Idris Elba had already been confirmed as um, taking over from Will Smith as De- uh, Deadshot. I thought I'd heard he wasn't going to be the same was role it? as Deadshot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this like is all in the same all fucking up in the air yeah. at this point. So they haven't announced anything. I know because we've had people ask, like I've had people ask, "Who's playing who?" And I'm like, I don't know. Like nobody's. They haven't announced anything. This is just the cast. Yeah. And it's like 40 people, probably 20 of which are going to get shot in the face in the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I do like the really, logo but... that they're using here is the logo from that old like 80s uh, Ostrander yeah. series. So that yeah. says that maybe they're going to go sort of back to roots on it, which would be nice. Yeah. Well, they keep using that that bullet, the the swipe with bullets. All the text is swiped yeah. with that bullet yeah. effect. So it's pretty cool. Also lazy because they just pasted it across all the boards. It's exactly the same pattern. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Lazy graphic designers. Lazy graphic designers. It's cool. Um, that was all I had for the news for this week. Unless you have anything else you wanted to talk about. Um, not really. It Chapter 2 came out and is getting middling reviews. I've heard bad uh, reviews on it. I still want to see it because, like, just to complete the circle in my yeah, head. Yeah, Alicia and I are yeah. going to see it tomorrow afternoon. But, uh, yeah, that was pretty much the only other thing that I saw. It was, again, we're in relatively slow news time right now. It is. It's kind of nice, though, because it means we're not sitting here for three hours trying to get through Indeed. positive. Oh, you know what? Comic-Con news and shit. I did forget one thing. Saturn Awards happened. Oh, yeah. And not like it, that that's a big deal, but like we can go through the top-level stuff. Like, uh, best And they film. streamed them this year, they so did. like you could actually watch them on like Facebook or YouTube and shit like that. Yeah. So I'm just going to like do this and editorialize over top of it basically while I'm going. So you just pitch in whenever you want, but like, uh, so film best film. Uh, so best comic, these are so like, like genre off kind of thing from each other. Yeah. Uh, so like it's best comic to film motion picture, obviously Avengers Endgame picked that one up, even though there's like 17 movies in that list now. Yeah. Best sci-fi movie ready player one somehow beat Bumblebee. Really? I'm, I'm upset with the Saturn awards right now, but that's okay. Best fantasy film, uh, toy story four okay i guess okay best horror film was a quiet place which totally works for me you haven't seen a quiet place no need to need to like watch on watch on a set headphones kind of thing yeah i did an atmos so it was pretty it was nice but yeah i would recommend having good sound for that um best action film mission impossible fallout best thriller bad times at el royale like like i said like they've got every goddamn thing you could possibly want in here like everybody gets to win it's the uh, it's like kids baseball version of an award show where yeah. everybody wins something so nobody goes home upset. My only problem with the best action film is that a John Wick movie came out last year too. So fucking <laughs> impossible. Um, best animated film. I don't know why Spider Man. There's anybody else in that category except for Spider Man. So that one. Um, best independent film. I don't know what Mandy is, but oh, that was uh, that, oh, that fucking that's the crazy Nick Cage, right? Nick Cage movie. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, okay. So there you go. Um, best actor, Robert Downey Jr., Avengers Endgame. Best actress, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis for Halloween. Best supporting actor, Josh Brolin for Thanos and in, uh, Infinity War. Really? Really? Yeah. Really? Well, I mean, the other choices were like John Lithgow in Pet Cemetery, Lin-Manuel Miranda and Mary Poppins, who was just as bad as what's-his-name was, like with the accent and stuff from the little bit that I've seen. That whole list could have just been people from fucking Avengers that were not in lead roles. And the only person who was in there is Jeremy Renner. Got that's where he got his nod and that's probably where he should have got he should have won that. Yeah, yeah, definitely fucking over fucking over fucking Brolin. Over everybody in this category is Brolin, Lithgow, Lynn Manuel Miranda, Lewis Pullman, Jeremy Renner, Will Smith for the Aladdin genie fuck <laughs> my life. And then Steve Yoon, uh I don't know for in Burning, I don't know what whatever that movie is. Oh. Um but like so, yeah. My pick would have been Jeremy Renner for sure because yeah. he fucking crushed in Endgame. Like he was actually watchable in Endgame for the first time. Yeah, well, I mean, not the first time, but you know. Um, best supporting actress in Daya in Far From Home. That's fair. Beat out Karen Gillian, Amber Heard, Scarlett Johansson, Haley Steinfeld also for Bumblebee. Yeah. Um, best performance by a younger actor. Tom Holland has won this three fucking years in a row, I think now. So yeah. Tom Holland <laughs> won again. Uh, best director Jordan Peele for Us. That's fair. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, best writing, A Quiet Place. So you really should watch that movie because it actually is really good. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Best production design, Endgame. Best yeah. editing, Endgame. Best costume yeah. design, Aladdin somehow. The year that fucking Shazam or like Aquaman and Endgame came out and they're giving best costume yeah, design. Yeah, Aquaman Aladdin. had really good costumes. That's what I mean. Like, it. yeah, I don't know. Best music, Mary Poppins. I mean, I guess, but like just using... Th- <laughs> Dear Mr. Fantasy at the beginning of Endgame should have got them that <laughs> I think that that's the, probably for original music, not for... Yeah, that, it it's, doesn't it's say. First it just score. says best music, so well, there you go. Uh, Alan Silvestri was nominated for it, so oh, that yeah, would be that for the sense. Endgame score. Yeah, not for, like, soundtrack. Yeah, he got two nominations, one for Ready Player One as well, and I don't even remember the score for that movie, so... Yeah. Yikes. Um, best makeup, Endgame won again, and then special, mm-hmm. Best Special Effects, obviously, Endgame won that as well. Oh, shit. Speaking of makeup, there was a really good group of uh it was thanos and the four horsemen or yeah nice yeah uh, at dragon con of cosplayers and like the corvus glaive was probably like fucking eight feet tall it's huge yeah that's awesome breakout director was ari aster for hereditary this year still haven't seen Uh, that oh no we did we fucking we watched watched hereditary for yeah i fucking shut it out yeah apparently (laughs) television stuff so best superhero television series the fact that they have a category that's just best comic book or superhero anything yeah blows my mind so uh but oddly enough so best superhero television series they gave it to supergirl um which best science fiction television series was went to westworld which after season two interesting take (laughs) okay although i guess the only thing i can see in here that i like i wouldn't even give it to doctor who the last season of doctor who yeah i definitely wouldn't give it to krypton orville i like but i don't know if i would give it an award yeah so I don't know either way. And it's like the same with the superhero shows. Cause all the shows that I want to talk about are on the streaming side. These are all just yeah, and CW the, and shows. And they, and they segment out the streaming stuff from the TV stuff from the, ne- yeah. the network TV stuff. Um, I'm really happy Paul's not on this week. Cause best fantasy television series was game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, best horror television series, the walking dead in a year where we'll be doing shadows premiered bad call. Yeah. Well, that's bad hard call. though. Like, I don't know if you can really call what we do in the shadows. Yeah. If you can call that a, a really a true horror series though, cause it's definitely horror comedy, but it's still better written than what the walking dead is. now. <laughs> I, can you I don't know. Last season of walking dead was the whispers and that was pretty solid. Oh, fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. That, that, that in the comics was awesome. So if it was half as good, yeah, they did a pretty, TV show. they adapted it pretty well. Nice. Uh, I love that story in the comics it was fantastic. Yeah. So 
I might actually go take a look at it. I, I think I watched two episodes of it with um, when they introduced uh, ne- Jeffrey D. Morgan's Negan. character. Ne- yeah, Negan, uh, just to watch him do it. And then he wasn't swearing, so I was like, this doesn't feel good. I can't <laughs> watch this. So that disappointed me. Um, best action thriller television series. Just again, Better Call Saul. You should be watching yes. Better Fucking Call Saul. Absolutely. Is- what the fuck are you doing with your TV watching? If you're not watching that show, Jesus yeah. Christ. Um, best animated television sh- uh, series on television, Star Wars Resistance, um, beat mm. out Archer and Family Guy and Simpsons. So yeah. probably, you know, I mean, given the recent quality of Archer, yeah, I don't, I don't watch Star Wars Resistance. I figured you would know it better. Than I that. have not finished the first season yet. I kind of dropped off on it, but. It had didn't grab me quite as much as the previous one as uh, Star Wars Rebels did. Uh, that's fair. Uh, so streaming television now, best streaming superhero television series, uh, Daredevil yep. one, and I will fucking take that because season three of Daredevil was the best television series I watched or a season of TV I watched in the last year. If that's how far back we're counting, yeah, as yeah. to where 20, Daredevil season three came yeah. out. Yeah, I'll absolutely say that. Although Doom Patrol, they got up there. Doom Patrol. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Doom Patrol's fucking awesome. I still like that's another show we should probably talk about at some point. Yeah, uh, maybe when the second season this comes out. Bananas. Uh, yeah, season one was <laughs> fucking great. Uh, best streaming science fiction, action, or fantasy series: Star Trek Discovery somehow beat Black Mirror and The Expanse <sighs> and Jack Ryan <sighs> and Good Omens and Russian Doll. So, I honestly Jesus. started to think the Saturn Awards are rigged. Because how the fuck did that show beat The Expanse? The Expanse is so. There's still a lot of people that fucking love disco. Yeah, I mean, like, and I'm a Trekkie, like, I should be on board for this, but I'm like, really over The Expanse? Like, does nobody else watch The Expanse except for me and the people who make the fucking show? Because I think that's the way it works. That show's legit high quality uh, sci fi, like early seasons of Battlestar, good. Anyway, best streaming horror and thriller series, Stranger Things, walked away with that one. That's, I mean, mm. against Castle yeah. Rock and like Handmaid's Tale, I guess. Well, is Handmaid's Tale really horror or supposed to just like, I guess, thriller series? Uh, it's, yeah, it's more like dystopia kind of, which I, they don't have a category for. So, yeah, I guess horror is the closest thing. Yeah. And then, uh, so like television actors was pretty like whatever. Some dude from Outlander won best actor. Amelia Clark won best actress, I guess. Best supporting. She put in a good performance. She was okay. Fine. Uh, best supporting actor Peter Dinklage, which big ups because yeah. yeah. Uh, best supporting actress uh, Michonne, so Dana Gurira mm. from Walking Dead. Yeah, should have gone to that. Should have gone to Gwendolyn Christie, I think. Yeah. Or yeah. Well, Lena Headey's yeah. in there, and so's um. And Lena Headey didn't fucking do anything except look at a window and sip wine. wine. Well, Sophie Turner's in there too. I would have. Yeah, but I would have given yeah. Gwendolyn Christie for sure out of those ones. Best per- this this best performance by a younger actor that they do in this award thing. It just throws me off, but they gave that one to Maisie Williams for her Aria Stark. Yeah. She had a good, she had a good season. Best guest performance, Negan. So we were just talking about Jeffrey Dean Morgan on walking dead, but he got an award for yeah. that. I don't know. I would have given that to John Cryer. Cause I'm, I've gone back and started watching the end of that uh, last season of Supergirl, oh, And yeah. he was really good as, as Lex. That casting still threw me off. Like I haven't watched any of it yet, but I remember hearing that and being like, I bet you he's really good at that, but it, like, yeah. it doesn't track in my brain. You know what I mean? It's one of those like Heath Ledger things where I'm like, I bet you he's great now that I think about it, but it, I can't until I see it, I won't be able to click it. Like it won't click in my brain. So yeah. Um, best actor streaming presentation, the dude who was the lead, uh, Henry Thomas on the haunting of hill house which christy and i watched at one point and i did not i enjoyed it fine um sonico martin green won for star trek discovery uh, best actress on a streaming presentation jesus 
I don't know, man. I mean, she's fine, but yeah. like, she's not working with a lot. Yeah. Um, Carla, <laughs> she beat out Carla Gugino, Natasha Leone, Molly Parker, and Kristen Ritter. So I'm like, no, probably not. No, I think Kristen Ritter's performance was definitely better than hers than uh, Sonequa Martin Green. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then best supporting actor on a streaming show, Doug Jones won for Saru. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, just putting Dude, that makeup on. That, yeah. And acting through that fucking makeup. Yeah. And then Best Supporting he's, Actress he's a good was... character. Yeah, he's a great character, actually. Uh, sorry, Best Supporting Actress in a streaming presentation went to Maya Hawk for her uh, for Robin in Stranger Things. That's fair. Yeah, that one was pretty good. And then nothing. Everything else is just like press releases and stuff like that. So whatever. Yeah. And then something live, live stage production? Puppet Up? I don't know what that is. It's a Henson thing, though. So hmm. if you're a Henson person, it's craziness. Either way, yeah. crazy, like... Avengers Endgame walked away with 14 nominations, which is like five more than like the next closest thing. Um, oh, they also yeah. gave away special awards for uh, the Dan Curtis Legacy Award to Jeff Loeb, Visionary Award to John Favreau, and the Stan Lee World Builder Award went to Kevin Feige. At some point during this, they talked about more Daredevil. So come on, you fuckers. We're going to yeah. talk about that a lot tonight. <laughs> I guess that's it for the news, finally. Sorry, I for, completely forgot about the Saturn Awards. I don't know how much that's worth to everybody, because it sounds like they're buying those awards at this point, because I can't <laughs> understand how Game of Thrones... Some of those are... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of those are pretty questionable, but hey, you know, Saturn Awards are completely genre-focused, so obviously, since they have superhero categories in every subcategory, so... Yeah. It's nice to always kind of go through and see who's winning this year. It is. I was just happy to see the Daredevil one, the streaming one, because... Yeah, fuck you guys for canceling Daredevil. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, that's probably the one that's like the award ceremony that's most relevant to the stuff that we cover because, you know, the Oscars and yeah, uh, Emmys and stuff like that cover everything. And then sometimes some genre shit slips in there. But this is like specifically for, you know, sci fi, uh, fantasy, superhero shows, that kind of thing. Yep, it is. So. Yeah. All right. So it's, uh, it's Geek of the Week time. Geek of the Week. That's it. Oh yeah, That's all I got. That. Just gonna let that one sit there. Nice <laughs> and pretty. What was your geek Paul, of the week? I'll come back. Uh, my geek of the week. Uh, like I said I was traveling for work this week. Uh, my boss was out with me, and so uh, you know, one of the things that our listeners will know that I do when I'm traveling for work is to sort of fill my evenings. Is I'll go hit arcades, and uh, I think I mentioned last time I was in. Raleigh, North Carolina, I went to one called Boxcar that was pretty cool, and I took him this time. Uh, so we went together and played a bunch of fucking pinball and some, what else did we play? There's like a skee-ball tournament going on. We didn't play that, though. Played like some Tetris fighting game, shit like that. But like, he's a little older than me, so he actually, you know, was really around for that sort of first wave of arcade goodness. And, you know, was telling me he used to hang out and uh, like the his local arcade and shit like that. He's from Northern Ireland, where our company's headquartered, and so it was telling me like about the arcades where he grew up and stuff like that. So we bonded a little bit over that. So I was using that for professional advancement. They had a uh, Hobbit pinball game that uh, we both played, and he actually got the like daily high score on. And then I played and probably could have gotten the high score above him on it but i figured for my job security that i probably should not so i i let the wookie win there you go yeah yeah basically always let the wookie win because yeah. otherwise you lose an arm or something yeah, yeah. see like that i know i had a kind of video gaming week too i was uh been emulating some of the old 
Egovania Castlevania games we were talking about before. Um, mm-hmm. so some of the ones you can only get on the DS family of systems, I guess. Specifically, I was playing Circle of the Moon this week, which was actually Game Boy Advance. It was the first one that came out post-Symphony of the Night. But I've been ripping through those. And Are you playing thing. them on a DS? Or are you playing them on emulators? or something? No, I am emulating them on my okay. laptop right now because I, have, I have a DS, 3DS, yeah. I think. Yes, somewhere. I don't know where it is, though. And like most of those games aren't available on the digital store. So you would have to go and like find the cartridges and mm-hmm. nope, not right now, not happening, <laughs> but I wanted to play through a couple of them at least. That's so I'm not like we don't know a guy that owns a fucking vintage video game store. That's true. That's true. A guy who's getting married to a former full-time host of our show in less than a month That's now. That's true. Less than That's a true. month. I should call. <laughs> I should maybe have talked to him about that. But I mean, I can just download these, right? It's not you like know, he's busy anything. planning a wedding less than a month from now. No, 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 no. I mean, were they busy planning it, though? They're going to hear this and be like, you fucking dick. <laughs> we were busy planning it. Like, All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So, no, I've been playing some like old stuff. I was still playing that the stuff that is on that Super Nintendo collection that Nintendo put out on the Switch. Um, that's basically what I brought with me down here. So, I've been playing those Castlevania games on my laptop and then switch into my Switch to play like Super Metroid mm. and Fiddle with Yoshi's Island, which is way harder than I remember it being. I'm not sure if it's because I'm old or because that game's actually really fucking hard. <laughs> but uh, I've been struggling to get through some stuff. Losing that, uh, losing those twitchy reflexes. I guess, man. Like as we get, as I approach forty, slowly but surely, I just not not quite as fast as I was. I guess so. It's too bad. Some girls like that. I wouldn't know. Just not <laughs> not gonna touch that one. So that was my geek of the week. Yeah, it's just been yeah. Similarly, video gaming. Uh, I've been playing a little, playing some games while I'm killing time in between projects. So <laughs> that's something to do. All right, it is meat of the episode time. Meat of the episode! Bloody spleen meat! Yeah, it's true. It was bloody spleen meat. <laughs> so, three months ago, Jessica Jones Season 3 came out. <laughs> and then shit got away from us, listeners. <laughs> yeah, and then, like, everything came out all at the same time. Yeah. So, like, I think Jessica Jones Season 3 came out, like, a week before Endgame or something like that. No, and, like, we were in the middle of Endgame was May, and then this was June. But it was just, was like, yeah, there was just a bunch of shit that came out this summer that we were like, oh my god, we need to cover that and that and that, and yeah. Yeah. And like we were just talking about, we did miss, like we didn't even talk about Doom Patrol, even though Tim and I both watched and loved the shit out of that season. Yeah. Uh, we just we have not got around to that either. But we figured with Daredevil's fancy little win at the Saturn Awards, we could get into uh, reviewing the last season of Jessica Jones and maybe doing a little wrap up on the Netflix corner of the MCU since we've basically reviewed every series and season that they've done of this Pretty show much. on this on this podcast yeah. at least at least we've at least given it like given all of them like a mini review even if we didn't like dedicate a whole episode yeah but we've dedicated whole episodes to at least at one season of each show i think we've dedicated whole episodes to i think except iron fist i don't think we ever did a full episode about either season of iron fist yeah uh, me i don't remember I don't think we did Iron Fist. I know we did Luke Cage for sure, yeah. and I know we've done Daredevil because I we did about and we did Defenders and we definitely did an episode yep. on um, we did Punisher. Yeah, we did Punisher. Yeah, yep, yep. And then we did Jessica Jones a couple times. I think we did season two and kind of wrapped up season yeah. one because I think season one of Daredevil and Jessica or Jones before. predate this podcast. Yep. Yep, yeah, yeah. So, so either way, we're gonna kind of give you our notes on Jessica Jones season three as they exist because we both wrote notes and then put them away. <laughs> and so now we're gonna go through it. I had to go read a synopsis of this uh, season. <laughs> I, tr- I, I tried remember. to rewatch some of it. I like I rewatched like eight episodes of it the last uh, couple of days so I could re- give myself a oh, little refresher. 
Yeah, I went and watched like a YouTube refresher. And I'm like, I don't remember <laughs> any of that either. So this is gonna be this is gonna be a fun review. I've got my notes here. We'll see. Um, the problem I'm having really is like it didn't stick with me, yeah. and that's kind of my review of it. Basically, is like it just didn't like Daredevil season three at the end of it. I was like, fuck me, I want more of that. Like Jesus Christ, that was amazing. At the end of this, I was like, cool, that was a good season of TV. I guess I'm gonna go upstairs and smoke yeah. something. That's probably why I fucking can't remember it. No, but I mean, like, I fucking remember Daredevil season three, and I was high as a kite for watching that as well. So, like, obviously, something happened, and like, I remember Doom Patrol, and Lord knows I was high yeah, for that. Because like, Talking Street, I was gonna have to be fucking high for that. So, yeah. So just sort of gutting into like the Daniel or uh, Daniel the Talking Street yeah. shit. I was like, yeah, I need to be high. I need to be high for this show. I think. Also, Brendan Fraser in a robot body. I was like, yeah, shit. There was a real good robot man cosplay at Dragon Con too. It was my very first night Thursday night. Yeah, yeah, he was on io9. Nice. Uh, I went looking through the io9 list of uh, cosplays to see if you guys showed up, and you did not. But there was some really nice stuff in there. Yeah. So, um, so like, let's just let's just start this off the way we normally do. What did you like, Tim? Uh, well, you gave your general impressions. My general impressions yeah. were just that, like, it was just a mixed bag of a fucking season overall. Like, for everything yeah. that they did that grabbed my interest, there was something else that they attempted that just seemed to fall flat. And, and so it was just like I it was a roller coaster. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Uh, but then they fucking like flub it later on, or the, yep. like there there's something that they try and do that's really that could have been cool if they got me invested in it better earlier in the season and shit like that. And so yeah. it's just really kind of all over the place. But in terms of stuff, I did like Hogarth was one of the best parts of the season again for me. Uh, like watching her struggle with her condition, like you know trying to fucking struggle with her mortality her and like getting a little bit more of her past like trying to do good things but for her own like selfish egotistical reasons so i was i was yeah. pretty captivated watching carrie ann moss this season again it's one of those things where like i loved watching carrie ann moss do her thing because she's so great doing everything i just wish that section had been written a little bit more like it was kind of spread out and and, it, and that, that well helped. she also comes across really unsympathetically yeah. through most of it you know what i mean and by so by the end i'm like i don't really care if she does okay or not because like why is she defending a serial killer who's legitimately like a monster yeah. like it was i was like what the fuck like i don't know one thing i did think was well written was that kith does not end up with her at the end like you know see yes. through like there there's some back and forth and you start wondering like oh my god is kith gonna end up with jerry through her end kind of thing but in the end kith yeah. is like no i can see that you're just this is all bullshit you know and that she didn't end up being like guilted into staying with someone that's just so obviously toxic as hogarth is yeah what else did i like fuck we'll talk more about characters that are not at all sympathetic later um <laughs> <laughs> i liked uh the stuff sort of the back and forth between Jessica and Eric, uh, what mind wave, although they never actually fucking call him mind wave and sort of that interplay of the moral struggle between Jessica and Patsy with mind wave kind of catalyzing that whole thing because he comes in and can, can kind of, you know, guide them in the, in certain directions. And one of them handles that gift better than the other and everything. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I have things to talk about with the Eric character. Cause like, I thought he was a good addition overall. I wasn't thrilled with him all the time, but 
Yeah, I felt like he was almost too perfect, like for that role. You know what I mean? Like he was just like the perfect guy to hook up with Jessica kind yeah. of thing. Like he just kind of got her all the time. Like he never got really frustrated with her bullshit, which like any normal person's going to get frustrated with somebody like Jessica Jones, just the way it is. And then like his power, because he seems so sure about the morality of his power, it takes all the gray out of the season for me yeah. kind of thing. Like the shows are very much like kind of shades of gray kind of shows and like the fact that he can be like no that person is definitely a scumbag and i'm 100 percent sure that it's them who did all these horrible yeah. things i'm like well this is more like a regular comic book story and not like a marvel knights kind of like daredevil grim and gritty like noir story that i would expect from just on the Jones. flip side i like it's been a while since i've watched the first two seasons but i ended up feeling like this season leaned a lot more into that noir aesthetic than the first first two did I think more than the second one, for sure. The first one leaned into it, but you're still caught up in David Tennant, yeah, yeah. right? That you kind of not really paying attention to a bunch of other stuff because he's so like crazy magnetic yeah. when you're watching it. That's what I almost ended up doing when I was like, oh, I should rewatch some of these episodes. I'm like, actually, I would really just rather watch season one <laughs> yeah. again, I think, because um, season one yeah, was really great. But yeah, so it ended up leaning much more into that noir detective side of things, and there wasn't quite as much super heroics as, you know, especially like coming off of this season being the first time that we see Jessica after Defenders. Yes. And Defenders being like really focused on all of the characters, you know, getting real deep into the super heroics and less of the sort of noir stuff. Yeah. Yeah, street level kind of stuff. So it was a little jarring in that respect, but I also like I appreciate that this that you know they gave all these shows their own tone, and that that is ultimately the tone of this show. Yes. Yeah. Well, I always felt like this tone, the tone of this show and Daredevil were very like simpatico. It's the other two shows, I was always like, I don't know if they really fit the tone of like what's going on here. I mean, they made Luke Cage fit it a little bit better um, by leaning into yeah. like Harlem's Paradise and like uh, Cottonmouth and like his cousin and all that kind of stuff. But like, yeah, Iron Fist didn't fit as well at all. So it started fitting yes. better once they started going like the Daughters of the Dragon stuff in season two. But then it kind of, you know, it unfortunately got cut yeah. off, I think, before it really meshed, started to mesh with everything else. It's almost like they should have just gone down that Ed Brubacher, Matt Fraction route, like really early on, as opposed to waiting to get into that stuff. And probably would have helped that show out quite a bit because that's kind of where iron fist in like modern comics continuity kind of matured to the point where he's like in the avengers and all that kind of stuff it was post that run um so i would have leaned into that probably a little bit more but i wanted to get the origin in that season oh boy cut that in half you know (laughs) cut that in half yeah yeah indeed either way sorry jessica jones Um, this season worked for me primarily as sort of putting jessica through like a psychological rainer So it focused really on and sort of they contrasted her against other characters this season in terms of how resilient Jessica is as a character, how much shit she puts up with from Patsy and Hogarth and and Eric, Mm -hmm. because ultimately, even though she won't admit it, would never admit it, she really does care about these people. And so that worked for me. Like, I felt like they strayed, stayed pretty true to the core of her character. Like, we've seen little bits of growth from her over the seasons, but it's nothing super drastic. Like, she's the one character out of all of these Marvel Netflix characters that has probably shown the least progression. And it's because she's already sort of who she needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. She's already very much like Jessica Jones as the Jessica Jones character exists. Like, whatever the or example of Jessica Jones is kind of thing, like the, what do you mm-hmm. call it? The platonic example of Jessica Jones. She's already kind of yeah. there. 
Whereas the other show, the characters clearly had to get to that. Like, I mean, Matt didn't even have the costume when they started the show. Yeah. Uh, Danny never yeah. even got the fucking costume on the show. I mean, kind of did, but like, he never really got the costume on the show, like that kind of stuff. Jessica yeah. Jones has been Jessica Jones since the start of season one. So, yeah. Um, yeah, she doesn't really have as much of an arc to get through. And, but yeah. like, seeing that, Kristen Ritter still my favorite like she's so fucking good as jessica jones i know I, i'm always harping about daredevil coming back but i would really like to see out of everybody like i would really want Kristen ritter to stay around as jessica jones because i think she just fucking crushes the character and i'm trying to figure out who else i could see playing this because next thing you know they'll be like hey we got jessica beale to play and i'd be like mm, mm, <laughs> no, no thank no you. thank you don't want that i mean i want to see it because she's beautiful but like i don't i don't know if she can pull off this level of sass you know what i mean of sarcasm yeah, yeah. So yeah. uh, Kristen Ritter just fucking embodies the character for me now. Like I, don't actually, I read the comic and I kind of hear her voice when I see Jessica Jones pop up in like an Avengers book or whatever now. So. Yeah. And if you like hear her ever interviewed, like she's such a different person oh, than she's so great. Uh, Jessica Jones is. Yeah. She's so like bubbly and effervescent and really like friendly and kind of kind of a goof. Yeah, like, yeah, kind of goofy, like a little bit like on the meek side kind of thing yeah. she comes across. But and then, you know, see this and this is just such a fucking transformation. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so. it's even funnier, like, because I remember watching her. She was uh, the first time I noticed Kristen Ritter was on Veronica Mars, which is an interesting line. I think I, think I made a, a point of mentioning it during the Veronica Mars episode that like those shows kind of have like a direct correlation to each other. Like you probably don't get to this Jessica Jones without VMARS having happened when it did kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Kristen Ritter had a pretty big role in the third season of Veronica Mars. So obviously was in for this kind of like noir detective shit from the get go. Yeah. And crushed it. Yeah. And I liked how they handled how they've handled Jessica's uh, power set sort of across all the seasons, at least the seasons of Jessica Jones, where she's it's a last resort for her. Yeah. Uh, you know, she like, yeah, she only uses it if she absolutely needs to. And like you get like glimpses once in a while of like solid superhero moments. Like the one that really jumped out at me this season was Jessica just fucking throwing Patsy across the street onto the like roof yes. across the way yeah. just to get her out of danger kind of thing. I was like, okay, like that's like true superhero, you know, Jessica doesn't have a lot of those, but when she does, you can see like, yes, this is a, a character that is overall a good, you know, good character. You know, uh, I really, I'm trying to think what else I enjoyed this season. Um, I like I like the Luke. Uh, the Luke Cage. I mean, yeah, I want to talk about that at the, the end. Yeah, that the Luke Cage cameo. The, uh, the Luke Cage cameo was great. I enjoyed Malcolm this year too. Um, I had mm. some like weird things with the storyline with him, but I like that actor yeah. a lot. So I never really like this season in particular. Some of the past seasons, I got a little bit more invested with him, but yeah. um, and this was it was a common complaint for me this season. Like they just they kept trying to make me care about him, but I never really did this season. So I think I was having more problems caring about Hogarth. Like I was watching Carrie Ann Moss, and I'm like, yeah, she's really putting the work in, but like, I mm. don't like this character so much, and she just does shit. Where I'm like, like you know, you're a fucking asshole here, and you're still doing the wrong thing. And I, I'm not, I don't know, I wasn't feeling super sympathetic towards the Hogarth character. I don't know, I probably wasn't meant to be particularly, yeah. but and they spend so much time with her, and I think that's my big problem with the season is it had Arrested Development syndrome to me a little bit. Yeah, where everybody was separated, they never got everybody together to do a scene together, except for like once or twice kind of thing. Yeah. And I find that real, like that starts to put me off a little bit when it's like everything's so blocked off in their Disjointed. own lanes. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to like, cause then you're like, I'm watching Jessica's story and they did this a lot and we're kind of getting into gripes now, which I guess means we should just move into gripes. <laughs> but we're like, 
they're you're watching a story and then something big happens and they want to cliffhanger it but they also want to drag it fucking out a little bit yeah so they like go to somebody else's story or they do a whole For a whole fucking, fucking episode, episode which was just infuriating episode twice two, like, Twice yeah. they do that. Yeah. And episode two, I almost fucking pit. Like, I was like, I just put this 4K TV on the fucking wall. I'm not throwing my remote <laughs> at it. But I was like, what the fuck? So now I got to spend an episode with Patsy, who, like, after last season, I mean, I didn't <sighs> lose it the way you guys lost it. But even I was like, I don't really want to do this. I don't think. No. So I, I think that was where I was first, the first time I was watching it. And I was kind of taken out where I was like, wait, what are we doing? Are we just not going to? She just got stabbed. Well, ah, why are we doing this? <laughs> Why are we doing this like Rashomon yeah. shit and going back yeah, to the beginning yeah. of the last episode from a different perspective? I was like, oh, I don't want to do this. God damn it. I don't want to do this. Yeah. And so. yeah, like, and, and I understand that what they were trying to do there was yeah. like, hey, let's go back to this character and look at it from Patsy's point of view. And then maybe you'll be more sympathetic to her at that point. But, and, you know, they're trying to reframe her, some of her actions because they show some of the sh- shit that she does, but you don't know how she got there and then they're like okay now we'll show you how she got there and it's like i still don't care she's still a fucking she's still like just completely unsympathetic character yeah she's so fucking unlikable yeah she got worse this year too which i was kind of disappointed by because i like i like that actress she's been in other stuff i'm like yeah she's pretty good then she shows up in this and i'm just like why i hate her all the time this character yeah like she just has no no fucking redeeming qualities she is She's totally superficial. There's nothing beneath the surface to her character. All of her motivations are totally fucking hollow. Yeah. And like kind of juvenile too, like just dumb, like kitty shit. I'm like, guys, yeah. like she could be an adult. I mean, I guess she's kind of stunted, but like, fuck. Yeah. Like she's it's reckless. She's foolhardy. She's fucking self-absorbed. And the fucking thing that frustrates me the most is she just never learns from her mistakes. She just keeps doing the same fucking shit over and over again without making any changes to her behavior whatsoever if i was jess i would have been like i need to introduce you to this blind lawyer i know who's gonna sit you down and tell you why what you're doing is dumb fucking shit because yeah. that boy he's almost taken, gotten killed like multiple times yes almost gotten killed like yeah. on a regular basis because he's not an enhanced person i mean i guess she's kind of enhanced now so it makes a little bit of a difference but mm. wow holy shit but even with that like i I was really unclear for the first few episodes of the season whether Patchley, whether Patsy actually, <laughs> actually, <laughs> actually, wh- yeah. whether she actually did have any heightened abilities or anything, like whether she had heightened agility or strength, or yeah. whether because she then goes through that fucking training montage, whether she was just like developing her skills naturally. Ultimately, very little of I would say like maybe five percent of what we see her do looks to be even remotely considered to be like superhuman. Yeah. Yeah, I was a little unclear on what she like what they did. I mean, they they make it clear that she went through the experiment, but then they never say like she got her powers. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, but like Patsy Walker is Hellcat, so like she has powers, so just give her fucking powers and like And they did a real shit job of illustrating like that she can see in the dark too. Like yeah, that, that was, was weird. That was really unclear too and goddamn. I mean, it makes more sense, I guess. They did they never really like emphatically show you anything from daredevil's perspective when he's wandering around blind so i guess that kind of tracks with how they do it in these shows but yeah there was i don't know there wasn't a lot of delineation yeah they give you those uh pictures of him like or yeah they give you yeah world on fire yeah yeah yeah, they give you that's That's right he does yeah not often though like just the one time they did that but it's still yeah yeah, that's it one establishing shot and done yeah 
there was so much in the season where I was just like, I don't really care about any of what's going on. Can we just get back to Kristen Ritter, please? Because yeah. like, Jesus Christ, like I don't care about Malcolm and banging Hogarth's protege. I don't care about Patsy and her mom. Like, oh dear God. Like yeah. I just wanted to watch Jessica deal with like the serial killer shit, but they kept going off to the other stuff. Yeah. And I was like, come on, man. Like, can we just have a story that like, just do eight episodes and get rid of all these extra characters or just put this in the daredevil show and make it a crossover or yeah. something like that. When they killed off Patsy's mom, like that was, I thought that that was a good writing moment and it. It was a decent escalation and one that I really, I didn't necessarily see it coming. It was just kind of fucking out of left field. And I was like, Oh shit. And then it had some payoff. It kind of made sense to me that they finally did that because I was like, not, like uh, up to that point, I was like, this fucking season feels like the lowest stakes shit I've ever seen. Like he doesn't have any direct involvement with any of her people. Yeah. Like if he's a serial killer and he can't kill her because she's superhuman, the general trope would be to go after her friends and family. Mm. But like it takes him for fucking ever to get to that point. That by the time he does kill them, like Patsy's mom, I was like, oh, good for him for figuring it out. I guess like yeah. it's been seven episodes you've known who jessica jones is so maybe you should have got your shit together a little faster yeah like i know he's supposed to be like that was my problem with the fool killer character is like you you can show me all the degrees you want but he does some dumb serial killer tv <laughs> shit yeah that makes yeah. me question like where how he got those degrees because yeah did you mail order them or did you just make those an illustrator and print them on your fancy printer and put them on the wall so people thought you were smart because that's kind of what it looks like i was pretty hot and cold on fool killer too like for starters fucking deep cut like <laughs> nobody fucking knows who Fool Killer is. I had to go look it up too. Like I didn't know. Like, but even the same with Mindwave. Like with Eric, I was like, it feels familiar. Like I've read something about that, but like yeah. I had to go look them up. But it was the same thing that happened last year when they did Nuke, right? Yeah. Like I didn't really pick that up until I was like, wait, is it? It kind of sounds like Nuke, but are they going to do the flag thing? Obviously, they didn't do the flag thing, but. When I went and looked it up, I was like, oh, yeah, that's new. But yeah. they never really like directly call it out. Whereas I feel like the other shows are a little bit more better or are a little bit better about like, hanging, oh, yeah, hanging hot, shade on. Yeah. 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 That kind of stuff. Whereas this show is just like, no, we don't want to do any code names at all. I was like, oh, fuck. You're in the MCU. There's an Iron Man in this universe. So, like, fucking get over yeah, it. Yeah. You know exactly. Mean? Like, you've met Daredevil. You've met <laughs> Daredevil. So. The Devil of Hell's Kitchen, not Daredevil. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Well, um, they call him Daredevil, but yeah, they season do. three. But yeah, like, Salinger's motivations for me were pretty muddy. I was never really sure why he was doing what he was doing. I mean, I guess it was the whole, like, I, I want to take pictures. Like, there was a very, like, Dexter-y kind of angle to him. Yeah, and, and then eventually he seems to, like, his big motivating factor is just the fact that, like, he doesn't like that she's enhanced. Like, that she gets something easier than he does or something like that. Oh, yeah. Like, he's jealous, I guess, of her powers. I don't know what the motivation for him fixating on Jess the way he did was. Like, there was a point to it, but it was pretty nebulous, I guess. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think they introduced his character very well, and then it never really mm -hmm. recovered for me. That being said, I thought his face-offs with Jessica were pretty solid. Like, they had good on-screen chemistry together. Like, especially that end with, like, Jessica strapped to the chair, like, really getting him into his head and goading him into confessing on camera. That, yeah. that all was pretty, pretty well done. The actor was pretty good, too. I mean, he was a little CSI, like, serial killer of the week, but he did what he needed to do fairly effectively even if the writing kind of let him down yeah. so and then once he was walking around with those uh scratches that patsy gave him on his face like the makeup work on that was really good like those scratches look yeah. like they fucking killed that's one of those uh netflix series 
like one of the things they do best on those Netflix shows is like the makeup effects. Everybody always looks like they've gotten legitimately the shit kicked out. Yeah. Of them. Well, I mean, Jessica looks so bad uh, after having yeah. her surgery and everything. Or, or yeah, she, they gave her a little yellow tinge, like some John yeah. kind of look yeah. to her a little bit, like she was having some trouble recovering. Like two episodes later, like it has like no impact on her. You know, you're you're given the impression like this is going to change your entire life going forward. You're not going to be able mm-hmm. to function the way that you can now. And then like two episodes later, she's back to doing everything she can do normally, kind of thing. And she doesn't have like well, superhuman healing or anything. So I was like, it's just that didn't never really pay off for me. Yeah, but that's again a superhero trope shit. Like that happens on all these Bat- shows. Batman like, gets I mean, the fucking shit beat out of him on a weekly basis. Yeah. And- Keep, I mean, they keep referring to Daredevil, but like they're in universe together, and like Matt takes his fucking kicking and constantly gets up. And I'm like, there's no fucking way he got up from what just happened to yeah. him. Like that prison fight in season three, like when he gets his face jammed into the wall by that dude running full tilt at him. Like, yeah, he's unconscious for like a fucking week after that. He's not getting back up after getting kneed into a wall like that. No, but you know, he just gets up and he still beats all three of them. Yeah. So, you know. At that point, it's just like, I guess I got to suspend disbelief yeah. because I'm watching a superhero show yeah. and I know she's been stabbed in the gut, but it's not going to, it's like the John Wick thing where he's been shot six times and they're like, take these pills, you'll bleed, but you'll be fine. <laughs> it's like, well, wait, that doesn't, what? Huh? that doesn't make <laughs> yeah. sense, but okay. Yeah. So but then let's see. I'm not done bitching about Patsy yet. That's fine. Go nuts, man. I'm, uh, I don't have a ton. Like the Patsy, like the Patsy thing is one of those, like, <sighs> I just don't care yeah. anymore. I That's guess. the thing is they, it was again, like Malcolm, they wanted me to care about fucking Patsy, but I could not bring myself to do it. Like that whole POV episode towards the end, like episode 11 or whatever, that's supposed mm-hmm. to make us sympathize with her more. I just kept finding myself getting more and more frustrated with her. The more that they showed me yeah. like her actual mindset and why she was supposedly doing what she was doing. And she's just given so many fucking chances to course correct. And she continually makes the wrong damn choice. So I don't know how I'm supposed to have any sympathy for this character. And I get that they're trying to play her against Jessica and say this, you know, Jessica has these powers. She only uses them when she has to, she's not out there for vengeance. She's out there for justice. She tries to work loosely within the system. Whereas, fucking patsy's just going full vigilante kind of thing and it just didn't work yeah but like crazy full vigilante like way past where anybody else in that universe has gone like she's just like well maybe maybe not punisher well i mean like hey frank you know frank does his own shit you don't lump frank in with everybody else because you just punisher's punisher because and frank's not supposed to be a hero and she thinks she's a fucking hero and then just keeps fucking mistakenly killing people she gets too excited she wants to be a hero that's definitely a thing frank is like and he explicitly says it in season two he's like i'm not a hero like i'm doing a job like this is my job yeah well you're a sick man but i'll watch your tv show because i really like watching you kill people i guess so yeah and then like the only part of patsy that i thought that I might like was when I could tell like, Oh, they're going to do like a costume montage, but like her end fucking costume is just terrible. Like it yeah. just looks like some shit that she cobbled together from cast offs from that home shopping network show. Like, yeah. how are you going to try and make me take a character seriously? That is wearing a fucking blue leopard print fucking bandana over her face yeah it was uh there's some weird choices and then they put her in like the traditional patsy walker like hellcat outfit and i was like well jesus don't do that please and thankfully they didn't but i was like oh but and that was supposed like 
if they'd treated the fucking character properly. Yeah. And I, that would have been like a nice light, like humorous moment. But instead I was just fucking rolling my eyes at it. It was like, God damn, that was real fucking cliche. Especially considering they've done that joke like three times in these series now. Cause we've gotten that that's happened. Yeah. In Luke, Luke Cage, Cage did and the it's same, happened yeah. in iron fist as well, where like he walks in in the mask and it's like a flashback, but everybody's supposed to be like, Oh shit. He's got the mask on finally. Yeah. In a flashback. It's like, well, Fuck, guys, like, if you're going to give me the Iron Fist mask, could you just give me the fucking Iron Fist mask? Same yeah, with the, the, exactly. Hellwa- the Hellcat stuff. Like, if you're going to do Hellcat, who's a comedy character to begin with, like, yeah. at least do it that way. You just got to come up with a good justification for it, and then, you know, people will buy into it and roll with it, but... Yeah, when you put them in a cheap, like, one-piece outfit and kind of, like, slap together a Hellcat outfit, people are going to be like, hmm. Yeah. Mm. Especially when you make it, you attach it, like, and Patsy Walker's a a beloved Marvel character, right? Like Hellcat's one of those characters. She's not super popular, not always have a series, but she, when she shows up, people are like, Oh, Hellcat, cool. Yeah. It's been a while since she showed up in anything. So like to turn her into this character, that everybody's like, Oh, fuck Hellcat. Like it's kind yeah. of a disservice to like the character of Hellcat overall kind of thing. Cause like, she's going to be, nobody's going to want to write a Hellcat story now. Cause they're all going to be like, Oh, that Patsy chick from fucking Jessica Jones. Like, yeah, that's, it's just fucking obnoxious. Nobody wants yeah. that. Yeah. Whereas, like, she's just, like a super fun, kind of goofy, almost Squirrel Girl esque, like, superhero who just kind of does random things and is like a playgirl kind of thing. It's, she's yeah. more fun than this character has ever been. So, yeah. disappointing. <sighs> and then the other character that they really tried to make me care about, but I just never could, was they, this whole this season in particular, they kept trying to make me care about Costa, the cop. I was just like, oh, I don't yeah. fucking care. He's just background cop number three. Like, yeah. Same thing they do every year, though, right? Like, they always introduce some cop that you're supposed to care about so they don't have to shoot the fucking main leads all the time yeah. and it costs them less money. Because that was my big complaint about Just make less episodes. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, <laughs> heaven for fan, we just get eight of these things as opposed yeah. to 13. Because, like, that was this, this was the season where I was like, this should have been an eighter. Like, I, this would have been a lot. Maybe tighter. 10. Yeah, maybe 10, but I think yeah. this would have been a lot tighter as like an 8 to 10 episode. Like 13, I was like, by the time I got to episode 9 or 10, I remember being like, um, fuck, this is going on too long. Like, I yeah. should be done now. I've like, I want this to be done now. And I've got three more fucking hours of it to sit through. And then episode 11 happens, which is a total like. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking kills all the momentum. Yeah, because I'm like, I'm thinking back to season three of Daredevil, and I don't keep harping on this, but like that season really impressed the shit out of me. Yeah. And they did this with Karen finally, and I was like, "Fuck, that was a good episode." Yeah, remember that when they was. did that flashback? Yeah, that was really that was good. a fucking awesome episode. So, but like, even that—that that wasn't the whole episode. Like it was, uh, it, it was like what, like it was some of it was Karen present day, and then it was flashing back to her yes. back and forth kind yeah. of thing, and so it still kept you engaged somewhat in the you know in the present timeline uh well, yeah. yeah story yeah yeah no so like I, I, that's what i mean though like so they did such a good job of it on the other show and they did it on this show I was like well first of all why are you redoing this trope that daredevil literally just did like a couple months ago yeah and then you're not even doing this is the second time you've done it this season and you're not even doing a good job of it and like they did it in the second season of Jessica Jones too with that that's goddamn cray cray episode. That's right. I forgot about the cray cray episode. <laughs> and we all—I don't know if everybody else—I don't, you know, I don't read a lot of reviews of these shows, but we all fucking hated that. And I can yeah. only assume a lot of p- other people were just like, well, "No, why? Why are you doing this? This is so annoying." 
Yeah, the fact that they actually started playing the song again, I was like, <laughs> they, as, as like, a, a ringtone or something. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, I, it's because they know at this point everybody was like, "Fuck this," uh, and they just wanted to lean into it and just get everybody's eyes rolling, I guess, because that's yeah. what it felt like. It was just like, "Ah, remember that thing you hated last year? We're gonna make you listen to it one more time, fuckers." Yeah. And I guarantee you, if they'd gotten a fourth season, they would have made it li- made us listen to it at least once more. Like, oh god, I don't know. But either way, and the last thing, my last gripe is it's a it was a fucking dick move for them to tease us with Kilgrave at the end of the very last season Aww. when it had already been fucking canceled like four months earlier like yeah god damn it the whole wrap-up to it where like they introduce uh the concept of her and like the, the, the luke cage concept of what they were doing were like he trusts her to take him down if he goes off the, the deep end. Right. I'm like, well, we're never going to get to see that paid off. And I really want to see, yeah, like that's Defender season two to me, right? Is like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist team up to take down like a turned Luke Cage. Yeah. I'm like, fuck boss. me, that's a season yeah. of TV I want to watch. Gang boss, and I'm Luke never going to get that. Yeah. yeah. So these shows do come back. Fuck me, they better get to that because they were him co- showing up on this made me want to watch that season of TV. Yeah. So. I was like, well, now I'm annoyed because yeah. now I do, I've just watched this season of TV and I don't know if I wanted it as much as, well, now that I've watched it, I know I didn't want it as much as I did before <laughs> I started watching it is basically what I'm trying to get yeah. at. And then they tease this Luke Cage yeah. story that I'm like, fuck, I really want to see that. And it wasn't even a gratuitous uh, cameo either. Like it, mm. it was a good little interaction. It helped to push Jessica on a little bit more to do kind of what she already kind of knew that she needed to do and then yeah. he had Luke come in and be like yeah that's even though he didn't really know what she was going through he said just the right thing to push her uh, over the edge to be like yeah you've got to stop Patsy and it ties up that corner of the universe kind of nicely I guess yeah. like in in that like yeah the Jessica Jones and Luke Cage characters had been tied together in this in this universe from the beginning like Luke showed up in her show before Luke Cage started, yeah they're, right? like, they're fucking sex scenes in those first season where they're just yeah. wrecking their apartments they're so yeah. good yeah right out of the comic man they just trash that yeah. apartment every time they hook up <laughs> they do that yeah for a couple years in alias as well but uh it's great but no that's what I mean like, like we've we've been living with that Mike Coulter Luke Cage for a long time so it was nice to see him kind of come back and tie up that plot thread with Jess like hinting that they still could have a future relationship and also like you may need to take me down if I fucking lose it kind of thing. I was like, God damn it. That storyline I want to watch. Give me that storyline. Matt coming out of retirement to deal with this kind of shit along with Jess Mm -hmm. that would be, that'd be a quality like 10 episode season of TV. I would watch the shit out of, and he can bring the iron fist kid along if they really want to, but yeah, you you don't have to. I'd watch that. I was, I liked where they were going with, uh, yeah Danny. me too i was looking forward to season three of iron yeah. fist so i guess we can talk about like we've kind of wrapped up season three of jessica jones do you have like final thoughts do you have anything else you want to talk about that we missed yeah. i'm trying to think if there's anything in we terms of i don't know i'll give it a rating because i actually i okay. like i think it, i'd give it like a six out of ten overall it's just there was so much yeah. stuff that fell flat on it and the fact that patsy factored so heavily in and was just handled so terribly so it's really fucking unfortunate that this had to be the end at least for now, hopefully we'll get more of this at some point in the future of this little corner of the MCU. It's just not, not yeah. a fitting end. Yeah. The, the last two seasons they put out after the announcement of the cancellation. So this was Punisher, Punisher and Jessica Jones, yeah. right. Were the two, the last two that had seasons left over after they'd kind of killed daredevil. And it was kind of known that all the shows were going to die at that point. Punisher season two was solid. I enjoyed Punisher season two, probably a lot more than I enjoyed this season. Yeah, yeah definitely enjoyed this more than i enjoyed, or enjoyed that more than this punisher, for sure yeah. yeah punisher 
I don't know. If they just left it off at the end of, I mean, honestly, if they just finished it at the end of season three of Daredevil and been like, yeah, we're not doing anything else. Like those shows are just never going to happen. I'd have been like, yeah, okay. I mean, it sucks because I want more of that and whatever, but yeah, that felt like a nicer tie up for the universe because it started in Daredevil and then ends in Daredevil kind of thing. But yeah. And then you have, you end up going back to Fisk versus Matt and yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Murdoch and Fisk and like introducing, yeah. Like all that kind of stuff comes back and wraps itself up and yeah. They're foggy and, you know, Murdoch and Nelson again kind of thing. Attorneys yeah. at law. So Nelson and Murdoch. Sorry, I said that the wrong way. Nelson <laughs> and Murdoch. Nelson first. But yeah, so like that's kind of, I mean, for me, it's the same thing. Probably six, six points. No, you know, fuck it, six. I'll give it a six. Because <laughs> like, man, I didn't remember any, like I had, it was a really hard when we came back to talking about this. I was like, man, I don't really remember it. Like it didn't stick with me at all. Yeah. And like bits and pieces of the other seasons have stuck with me. Like more of Luke Cage season two has stuck with me than I would have thought. More of Iron Fist Season 2 stuck with me than I would have thought. The last two seasons of Jessica Jones, I have just big blanks on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where I'm like, I don't... Like, I know like, it was oh, her yeah, mom. her mother was in Season 2. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I know it was her mom, but, like, what else happened? <laughs> like, I don't remember anything else happening in that season at all. Yeah. And then the same thing in Season 3, where I'm like, I know she dealt with a serial killer, but it just felt like it was more about the about the, the leads being assholes and getting and just doing whatever crazy getting thing into, they decide yeah, to do getting into trouble and then yeah hogarth having to get him out of it and yeah or whoever or just like bailing themselves out or whatever like getting themselves into some dumb thing like situation and then having to get themselves dumbly out of it yeah. kind of thing because that just felt like what this whole season was and what kind of season two was too so it's funny i guess we could talk about like how we'd rank these shows overall because like i love season one of jessica jones so much but the other two seasons just drag the show down for me yeah, like real hard. So like, I mean, at the end of this, I'm like daredevil is number one. Cause like season one and three of daredevil are fucking flawless TV to me. And I don't have as many problems with season two as everybody else seems to. And yes, I love Jessica Jones season one, but season two and three are just like yeah. complete voids in my brain. I'm like, I know I watched them and twice at least for a season two. But none of it stuck with me. There's really a super cut in season two and season three of a good season, but it is not what yeah. ended up actually airing. Yeah. Yeah. There definitely is probably a way that you could have edited this down to like a 10 episode or like even an eight yeah. episode, like really good yeah. series and cut out some of the extraneous plot detail that just kind of goes nowhere, yeah. does nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's kind of it for like the Netflix shows. Like what else do we want to talk about with the Netflix shows? Do you have anything else you want to bring up? My, I, I agree. Daredevil's definitely at the top of the pile. And then I think after that, Luke Cage was the most consistent overall of the series. Cause uh, yep. so I put that at my number two. Cause the, you know, latter half of season one took it, took a downward turn, but, um, but then yeah. season two came back and was pretty solid. And then I think yep. I'd put defenders above Punisher. So I, I like that series overall, and I, I did too. And, yeah. and I think you know it had a couple of issues, but nothing really major. Punisher, both season one and two were were good. They weren't necessarily like as tied into everything else, but I still enjoyed both of them. So yeah, Defenders and Punisher are tough for me to figure out whether where which one I want to put like three and four. Like they're right around same sort of level for me. Yeah, I can see that. Like Luke Cage and Punisher, are very like. Yeah, they're like quality wise, they're very even to me. Yeah. Um, I I think I kind of put Luke Cage a little bit ahead because that first half of the first season of Luke Cage, so good, like really stuck with me. Like was really really good, and then it shits the bed really hard. But then season two was like, I remember watching it Way twice more when it came out. No, I think 
Yeah, and I was like, this is really good. Um, like Bushwhacker mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or what was his name? Mm-hmm. Is it Bushwhacker? Yeah, Bush, uh, but either yeah, way, Bushwhacker or Bushman, Bush Bushmaster, Bushmaster, right. Master of Bushes. So Bushmaster, <laughs> yes, Master of Bushes. Uh, Bushmaster was like I liked that character, like he was a good villain for yeah. Luke Cage and a nice update to a kind of shitty black exploitation style seventies yeah. villain. Uh, I thought they did a really good job with him, and like Cottonmouth and I can never remember her name, Maria, Maria, shit. It's Alfred yeah, Goldberg's yeah, character. Yeah. I can't remember the the actual character's name, but that character, I'm like that character, was pretty consistently Black, Black written throughout the two seasons. Yeah. Black Mariah, right? Mariah is her name. Um, like she was really good for yeah. both seasons too. So I'm like, that was a really good show as well. I just don't. I feel like Jessica Jones had like that one really glowing first season, and then just kind of like yeah. And for that reason, I think Jessica Jones is like my second from the bottom overall in terms of a series, and then Iron Fist. So yeah, me too. Which is really unfortunate because I think that Jessica Jones did have a lot of great place to go, and I don't think. I mean, David Tennant was great in that first season, but he wasn't carrying yeah. like yeah, Christian, Christian Ritter carrying the first season, like along carrying, with him carried that first season. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just that Christian Ritter was just left to do all the heavy lifting herself for the next two seasons. Which is weird because Carrie Ann Moss is there out. and like, yeah, and she's there and then she's like kind of not. Like, I don't know. I don't know. There's something about the way Carrie Ann Moss kind of does business in this show where I'm like, kind of the villain. Yeah. I could watch a series just of Hogarth, like, you know, of a law firm that deals primarily with powered heroes and yeah. shit like that. And like, it may be in sort of a the boys kind of style where there's like, you know, corruption and shit like that within it. But I don't know, you know, basically tagging it on to Jessica Jones definitely felt superfluous mm-hmm. at times. Agreed. And I liked you would think they would have tied in a little bit more of the superhero X to the lawyering because of the Daredevil connection too. Like they are lawyers who deal with superhero shit. Like there should have been more of that kind of yeah. stuff, at least kind of tying together the back end of these shows. Foggy and uh, Hogarth have some back yeah. and forth. I, that's, that's, I, I wanted season, season two, I think, yeah. of Jessica Jones. He's pretty prominently yeah. kind of around. Or maybe it's Defenders he's working for at that point. I can't remember anymore. Yeah. I might just watch the Daredevil seasons again. Like, watch one, two Defenders, and then season three of Daredevil to kind mm-hmm. of get that arc again. Because I can't remember specific things about that. But Yeah. Yeah, like I said, Foggy. Like, that, that stuff. I probably would have done more of that to tie all that kind of back end of all the legal easy stuff together and then integrated it into like iron fist a little bit more like have the all of them have kind of lawyers that interact behind the scenes even if it is foggy showing up everywhere kind of thing as opposed to matt showing up so that matt can show up in his devil costume and then make me happy (laughs) yeah i think jessica jones just needs it if it does end up coming back um i i would be happy to have it come back i just think it needs a fucking different writer yeah agreed i would assume like what they were going to do that they'd be bringing it over to the marvel team who would hopefully you know, clean shop and streamline things a little bit and integrate it more tightly with the rest of the MCU too, would be nice. Like actually being able to have them cross over into those shows and movies and stuff. Absolutely. Um, Especially the Jessica Jones and Daredevil characters would be nice to have kind of there. So you kind of ranked yours. What did you have? So you had Daredevil at the top of the pile and then Luke Cage, Daredevil, Luke Cage, um, Defenders, Punisher, right around the middle, Jessica Jones, and then Iron Fist. Oh man, I think we have kind of the same ranking just in the middle. I'm not sure if I would take Defenders over Punisher. Because I think Luke Cage definitely deserves the number two spot overall. Because yeah. it was like that first fucking half of that first season. It's just like Matt was magic TV. Like it yeah. was so well made. Yeah. Fucking like soundtrack and everything. Oh, and everything was yeah, fucking was great. All, Casting. Like yeah. all the acting was good. The writing was good. Until they killed Cottonmouth. Like that fucking TV. That, that was a season yeah, of two that I was like, man, they're going to top Daredevil for and me. Then and then Diamondback. 
Yeah, and then shit the bed. Goddamn. <laughs> One more time, shit the bed. So I, I think we're probably about simpatico on our uh, rankings because like I, yeah, Daredevil's like clearly the winner for me. And then afterwards, I don't even. I that, my problem is like Defenders. I don't even like. I just consider that Daredevil season two point five. Yeah. Almost with some crossovers, you know what I mean? Like it's almost like they just did a Daredevil story, and like, oh well, yeah, we can bring Iron Fist in, and his buddy Luke Cage is here, and we may as well bring Jessica in because we have her. So fuck it, let's just do this kind of thing. Because I remember watching it and feeling like Luke and Jess were pretty superfluous to the plot of Defenders for the most part. Like it was very much a Matt, Danny, like and the Hand kind of thing. So like mm-hmm. that's their kind of corner of the world. Whereas Jess and Luke both looked like, what the fuck is happening? I am out of my depth. Like does that chick? come back from the dead <laughs> yeah comic books man i love them, I love them. <laughs> but uh yeah so that's kind of it for it i really hope these shows get picked up like that's kind of my big takeaway is like daredevil specifically i hope gets to come back and i hope by token of that like all these actors yeah absolutely kind of get to filter back in a little bit here and there like it would be nice to see Kristen ritter come back i know mike coulter's got another show but i would love to see mike coulter back as yeah, Luke Cage at some point. Like the thing is, is that I mean, out of all of them, I was most happy. Like I think Daredevil had a solid end, so if it didn't come yeah. back, I'd be okay with it. I'd really like to see more Iron Fist because they had him on such a good trajectory by the end of the second season. Well, Iron Fist and Daughters of the Dragon. Like I'd love to see yeah. that series go further and those characters go further, and I want to see Luke Cage go further because he was on a really interesting arc by the end of that second season. And that sort of naturally lends itself to maybe a heroes for hire kind of series. So yeah. that I think if I were the one in charge of this, that's where I would take this next is a heroes yeah. for hire iron fist and Luke cage with some daughters of the dragon stuff. Yeah. I think I would do a defender season that was uh defender. Like what's left of the defenders take down Luke cage and then Luke and, Danny go off and do Heroes for Hire. Yeah. And maybe you kind of lump Jess in with Daughters of the Dragon and kind of do that show yeah. with her as like a guest star and then leave Daredevil to be Daredevil because he should like have his upgrade own. Upgrade Daredevil to like an Avenger or something like that. Basically, I mean, he should be. He is an Avenger in the comics. Yeah. Like he shows up all the time. He's always like a defender. He's always all over the or place. Or in a perfect world, we get like a Daredevil Spider Man team up movie. <sighs> <laughs> I know. I know. Episode's over, man. I think I'm, I'm depressed. <laughs> now I'm depressed because, like, man, you go, you go play like, with your I dog. Know, Harley will cheer you up. I know. I got. I got. I'm dog sitting this week, so I got my baby to play <laughs> with. But yeah, I, that that's one of those. Like, that's my big missed opportunity. It's like the the old Excelsior show that everybody talked about during the '90s. Like Star Trek's biggest missed opportunity was getting like a Captain Sulu mm. show. I oh, feel like that's kind of the missed opportunity for this stuff is to have. Charlie Cox, Daredevil, and Tom Holland, Spider-Man, both of whom no longer work for Marvel <laughs> anymore, sadly, get together and just have that grumpy, grumpy fuck Charlie Cox, Matt Murdock, have to deal with hyperactive, can't shut the fuck up Tom Holland for even five minutes. I would just love to watch how annoyed Matt Murdock would be by that interaction, yeah. and I'm never going to get to see it, and it bums me the fuck I did out. see, this was just days ago, that there are still some negotiations happening that Sony uh, made a new offer that, that would put Spider-Man and Venom in the MCU. Uh, again, it's kind of rumored, but 
Yeah, you can keep I... fucking Venom. You can keep Venom. I did see one of the Russo brothers come out this week and be like, "Like yeah. this is a dumb fucking move on Sony's part." Basically, like he came out outright and was just like, "It's really like this is a really tragically bad idea for Sony." And I was like, "That's as harshly worded as I think he's allowed to put it," because as we've been saying, like this is you fucking up, Sony. And yeah, so there you go. But here's hoping they get yeah. that shit sorted. Although out. that, God, stupid. Take that with a grain of salt because that news is coming from We Got This Covered, which is not known for being the least bit reliable. I had a rumor from them today about a Silver Surfer movie. They were like, yeah, a Silver Surfer movie is imminent. And I'm like, well, first of all, clearly a Silver Surfer movie is imminent. They're already talking about Fantastic Four. The only reason they would want to do Fantastic Four quickly is to bring Galactus in. So you're clearly doing Silver Surfer yeah. right away. But I was like, I'm not like going to talk about it in the news because that fucking site's just like a trash pile. Yeah, rumor mill, so. absolutely. We should have a, a discussion on that sometime about like where where we consider to be reli- good, reliable nerd news sources and that kind of thing. And until I see it confirmed by a bunch of people on Reddit, it's usually when I'm like, oh, okay, then it's legit because like those guys will go back out and source it for themselves because yeah. they're like just like us. They're like, wait, that sounds too good to be true. I need six sources before I can confirm this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So. And I had the same thing where I was like, I saw that Silver Surfer rumor pop up a couple times like this week or specifically the last two days, and I was like. I mean, I know they're probably doing it because why the fuck wouldn't they be planning that movie if they've already got an FF movie like on the slate? So, yeah. But I mean, fuck, I'm not taking it from this goddamn site. Like once Var- when Variety or IO9, you know what I mean? Or I guess Variety because IO9 just copies Variety stories all the time <laughs> anyway. Um, once Variety reports on it, then I'll be like, Hollywood yeah, okay. Reporter and stuff like that. Those yeah. are the ones that actually yeah. are fucking plugged into Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. Production like that's all I read now for news is is Hollywood Reporter and, and Variety before we do the episode, so that I kind of know what's going on in showbiz before we start recording because those are the two big rags. And now they they used to kind of shy away from covering the superhero stuff because it wasn't like I don't know legit entertainment or whatever the no, fuck. But now it's so bread big. And butter. They <laughs> yeah, they can't ignore it because Disney. Well, I mean, Disney probably partially owns both of them anyway, so. <laughs> Who knows? Somewhere down the line. Anyway. All right. So that was kind of Defenders. Like, that's our, like, the Defenders verse or whatever the fuck, the Netflix MCU. Yeah, never really came shows. up with a solid name for that little corner. No, I always just called them, like, the Netflix shows or the Defenders yeah, shows. Marvel Netflix. What they were. Whatever. Yeah, Marvel Netflix. But that's it. We've we watched all of them. We did. I have seen every season of these shows. Yeah. I'm sad they're gone. Ten seasons total. Three, three Jessica Jones. No three, more than that. Three, twelve. Three Jessica. Two, yeah, three, three, two for Iron Fist. Two, four, two, two, two. eleven. No, no more than oh, that. No, wait, I'm missing one. It was one, two, three, 13. four, five, six, seven, Good eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen with Defenders yeah. in there. Yeah, so thirteen seasons of TV. It's a, that's a lot. I never really thought about it. Like how much TV they actually produced. I guess because it's over four series, it doesn't feel yeah. like. A big defender stuff because you like want... what's it, eight episodes or something like that. Yeah, but perfectly paced at eight yeah, for me. Yeah. I think actually, I think if it had been any longer, that would have been a frustrating one. Agreed. And it was for some of our co-hosts, if I remember correctly. <laughs> so yeah, so that leads us into uh, geek cred. So we're going to recommend some stuff for you guys right now, and I'm going to start with Tim because I forgot to write <laughs> this one down. Uh, honestly, this rewatching this stuff just made me want to go back and watch season one of Jessica Jones because it was so fucking well done. And uh, David Tennant was just so fucking outstanding in it. So I'm going to recommend that you probably not bother rewatching season two or three of Jessica Jones anytime soon, but that you go back and rewatch season one. And uh, if you don't feel like doing that, I'll just recommend Daredevil. Because <laughs> you'll always recommend Daredevil. I'll always fucking recommend Daredevil if I have a chance. Hey, man, we got through a whole comic book episode, and I didn't recommend any goddamn Daredevil last week. So <laughs> it's true. You just saved it all for this welcome. week. You're welcome. 
I did. We didn't even know we were going to do this this week. So it just happened to me that instead of me babbling about Daredevil for two weeks straight, you get me babbling about Daredevil for one week. <laughs> just watch season three of Daredevil. It's like the best superhero TV show you're ever going to fucking watch. Like, it's just, whew, that's good quality superhero TV that's show. Good stuff. Dark, dark superhero TV show. So yeah. Watch Charlie Cox just bleed all over everything for a whole season. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Like for like 13 <laughs> episodes. Just like, hey, bleeding out of his nose, bleeding out of his mouth, bleeding out of his eyes, <laughs> eyes, whatever. Just fucking bleeding everywhere. Ears, just gross. Bleeding, bleeding, bleeding. <laughs> Poor Charlie Cox. Yeah, Matt Murdock took a shit kicking last season. It was well worth watching. Yeah. So there you go. Cool. That was like the end of that. This is like the shortest episode we've like almost ever done. <laughs> no, we we have some that that are closer to an hour, but this is going to be one of our shorter episodes recently. I think that's fine, man. We've been doing some like long episodes the last couple, even like as two handers. I've been like, why are these fucking two hours? <laughs> like, I go back to edit them. I'm like, why are we doing two hour fucking two handers? What's happening? Books. It's true, man. Whenever we get into the comic book shit, we get yeah, real nerdy, and this weeks. stuff is basically just comic book like advanced. Com- we're not advanced, but like you know, like extracurricular comic book shit yeah. so we're just extra nerdy on these episodes too, if anybody so. wants to i'm sure i could probably bitch about fucking patsy walker for another 20 minutes straight because jesus oh, christ yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah she's real bad I, I really didn't like harp on her um like a lot because like i like the actress i feel bad harping on no, that it's all the writing because this fucking all character the fucking is so piss poorly yeah. written but jesus is she fucking that character is frustrating i'd love to like get an interview with her the actress and just be like hey so like that show's over now. <laughs> How much did you hate the fucking writers on Jessica Jones? Because you guarantee she's going to be like, yeah, those fuckers yeah, like, they just made me, me over like, hard. Bitch. <laughs> yeah, they fucked me over 17 different ways from Sunday. I was like, yeah, kind of that kind of tracks because they really did treat that character yeah. like shit. I felt bad for that actress. Either way, that's it for us for this week. So thank you for listening. Uh, this has been Dance Robot Dance, episode 164. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a rate and review on your podcatching service of choice. Um, we are available wherever you get your podcasts. So whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, you can get them wherever. Also, if you want to let us know what you thought about Jessica Jones or the Marvel Netflix shows or what you hope happens to these shows, please uh, shoot us a line at either facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast. Or if you don't like social media, you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. So that's going to do it for this week's episode. I've Mark and I've been here chatting with Tim. Say goodnight, buddy. I want you cray cray. Oh man. You got to You always go back to that cray cray thing. Eh? Like every <laughs> time. With the that, that one's for you, Christy. Yeah. She's not going to listen to this. I don't know. <laughs> All right. We're done.